All right, well, uh, welcome to the BP Supplement. Uh, these are, you can tell it's the BP Supplement because it's the episodes that I introduce yeah. as opposed to Tyler. And I never have anything prepared or have any idea how to get into an episode. I'm so this used to... This is the to, 16th one of these. I know. I'm so used to Tyler, uh, you know, sort of lighting the fire on an episode. But um, two years ago, we did an episode, uh, a special, a, a, a supplemental episode all about Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Everyone mm-hmm. was going just gaga for it yeah you know and we wanted to get in on the uh get in on the act absolutely it's two years later christopher nolan has released another film yeah inception yes uh a lot of people really love it okay uh and i i i don't know we haven't talked at length with i haven't really talked with you or our guest uh, about it that much uh i i I feel the need to address this movie for different reasons than i did the dark knight but i but uh, i feel just as strongly that it needs to be addressed so we've done is we've gotten the same guest from two years ago, from mm. the Dark Knight uh, episode, he's not in the Dark Knight. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Pat Francis. Hello. How's <laughs> it going? Check, check. You made Robert it sound- Downey Jr. Hello. <laughs> oh, uh, you made it sound as if we really calculated this. Like, okay, Dark Knight. Let's check in with Pat again. We just totally. realized it like fifteen seconds ago. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally random. But uh, but yeah, the uh, the order that uh, that happened was. Um, I uh, I was hearing great things about Inception from everybody. Then I saw a couple of your tweets, Pat. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, huh, looks like old uh, old Pat doesn't care for the film. And then I actually got an email from you on Facebook asking if you had seen I, it because I, I wanted to know it. what you yeah. thought. Which is which? By the way, that's a that's that's a very nice compliment uh, when someone, uh, you know, someone as famous as a, as a Pat Francis. Oh, yes. in the in the podcasting world. <laughs> oh yes, um, that is big. You're a part of something. That <laughs> How makes did you money. get through your day after that <laughs> Facebook? Email? Oh, I emailed all my friends. Um, but, uh, no, I'm I, you know, there's people that you know that uh, I, I respect their opinions or want to know their opinions, and mm-hmm. and I know that the, the reviews are good for this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes. Like yeah, it's an eighty-five. That's amazing, mm. and so uh, and so. I just wanted to, you know, I want to also make sure. Well, okay, maybe did I not give it a chance? I think I did, mm-hmm. but uh, so it was. It was good uh, to get your uh, your response. So it was a difficult movie to to go into because that's the thing. People either went in expecting mm. to absolutely love it, or if you're like me, you just have a natural contrary asshole, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Uh, aspect to your character right. and you're just like ah, everybody's uh, too excited about it let's see what i think um <laughs> and no- so there's so much hype like everyone was hinging on toy story 3 and and inception right to save the summer cri- if, if nothing else critically that's what i said going into the summer those are the two summer films yeah i'm looking forward to yeah. and i ended up seeing them both on the same day oh really yeah oh, wow and i went into uh you know because sometimes i'll go into a movie with with Gigantic expectations, and then, then I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Now I went in with this movie with with, and, and sometimes you go in with no expectations. Like mm-hmm. when I saw the Wolfman, which we just talked about, right. and I enjoyed it. But I went into this movie just just normal. Just yeah. Hey, the trailer looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wasn't I wasn't hyped out of the water. I just I just know Christopher Nolan movies, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I like his movies. So I I just went I was I just went in normal as mm-hmm. I would go see anything and yeah. um, 
Yeah, and it just and can we say that there, there, if we're going to talk about this movie, spoiler alert. Yeah, all yeah. Over this, this is a completely podcast. Yeah, about, if you haven't seen it, I would say yeah. you're going to learn some things. Yeah, but but, I but you've seen it. Come on, <laughs> you, you had to have seen it. Um, so many of the sort of people in our uh, me and Tyler sort of community of like online movie bloggers and podcasters mm-hmm. uh, really like this movie, and I don't want this to turn into uh, we're, we're crapping just, on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to actually d- discuss it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I wish I had uh, decided on what a good sort of jumping off point would be, but I guess yeah, expectations when you walk when you walked in. I um, I try to go, I, I try to walk go into a movie as clean as slate as possible, you know. Uh, and I and I I have high hopes, but not high expectations, right? You mm-hmm. know. Um, and so would you go so far as say you have high apple pie in the sky hopes? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> that's a good way to go in in the movie with with high hopes that mm-hmm. it's gonna you're yeah. gonna come out with a good experience and yeah love. I always uh, I, I've made this joke probably on the podcast before that I treat movies the exact opposite way that that I treat people when in my, I meet a new person I sort of my default position is like I'm not gonna like this person that is so very very true <laughs> you know but uh, with a movie I, I I always start out every movie assuming that it's gonna be great right and then I let it sort yeah, of if you go into a movie expecting to hate it then don't go into it mm-hmm. i mean that's just uh you have some problems in your life if that's the way you're living your life right but you'll find that kind of thing frequently on the internet uh if somebody has a blog or a podcast uh, that definitely that you have to be the one who gets it you have to be the mm-hmm. one who who really understands how bad this thing is everyone else may be raving about it but not you you're going to be and that there is a natural contrariness i think to a lot of bloggers and 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 other podcasters i mentioned i have it a little bit oh i do too i some of my posts there's a a guy on my facebook uh michael i don't know how to pronounce your last name michael degaro Mm -hmm. or something and he we've gone back and forth so many times about you know about about lost and about inception Mm -hmm. and and he calls both of those things genius and i'm like and then he always ends up telling me well you don't like sci-fi and i'm like no i do like sci-fi yeah you know what i mean (laughs) don't that's not the reason so uh, okay, so yeah, um, I, and at first when Tyler said, uh, you know, Pat got a hold of me, want to know if he wanted to do an Inception episode, uh, and my my reaction was like, well, I didn't like it, and I know from Twitter that Pat didn't like it, yeah. and and I was like, if Tyler doesn't end up liking it, why do the episode? Right. But then I, when I started realizing on Twitter and stuff that so many people not only liked it but loved it, I remember they're calling yeah. it Christopher Nolan's masterpiece. When yeah. I, I think it's, I mean. Uh, uh, it's probably it's probably my least favorite of his films. It at is this probably point. my uh, least favorite too. I mean, I, I don't like the Prestige either. But oh yeah, I do like the Prestige. I really enjoy the Prestige. I really enjoy the Prestige. And and I and like and I and people, you know, I, that's what I hate too. When people go, well, you just don't like Christopher Nolan films. No, no. I, own, I own in my collection Memento, Batman mm-hmm. Begins, the Prestige, and, and the Dark Knight. Insomnia, I, I remember liking it but not loving it. But mm-hmm. I did like Insomnia better than than. Inception. Yeah. So let's start with the sci-fi thing that you mentioned. Uh, this is going to be sort of the main, possibly the main base level of my complaint is that uh, as sci-fi, the movie seems really lazy to me. Or it, it, it's it's sort of paradoxical because it goes to great lengths to explain everything to you. Yes, great, great lengths. lengths. Uh, way too much. <laughs> but what it doesn't explain is the baseline of what of the world and this technology. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, It should be simple. To really get people to focus and, and, and get into your movie, I think you, you, you have to explain it as simply as possible. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there like, what? what, what? Wait, wait, wait a minute, what now? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, uh, it's, 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 
it's tricky to know what's going on sometimes in Inception too. Yeah, for but, me it was it, definitely. But but I'm talking about just the stuff that just establishing the world, like this technology of being able to enter people's dreams. Right, you're right. Um, okay. There's they, there's no explanation at all of how it works or how long it's been around in this world, how prevalent it is, mm-hmm. how. Uh, like, do people know that people do this in this world? Is it, uh, I, I would actually be, um, as far as an explanation of how it works, I'm okay with them not giving that to us. But how the practice is viewed culturally in the world of this film, I would be much more interested in knowing that. Yeah, like, is it an underground thing? Mm-hmm. Is it only a handful of people know the technology and how to do it? Yeah, that's the kind of thing I really would have liked to know going in. I felt like that was part of part of the foundation of the movie that was missing that mm-hmm. left me and i guess i mean the thing that's been annoying me with a lot of people in inception is pretty much almost any complaint you can say they say well maybe it was all a dream <laughs> you know uh, i don't want to hear that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, um but that that's a cop-out as far as i'm concerned <laughs> but that would uh if it is all a dream then that would make sense that he dreamed of this this technology <laughs> That is what that that's a very my dreams if that's how he dreams where he invents entirely entire new technologies right uh my dreams are just so very very sad and I guess I'm just I have an IQ of like 60 for what my dreams are it's just like yeah I'm out walking around with an old friend Right, We're right. not doing anything. <laughs> I had a dream last night that my girlfriend told me I should buy a new belt because my old one was all worn out and she was embarrassed to be seen with me. Isn't that funny how uh, yeah. Yeah, dreams can be just like that? Yeah. And then there'll be dreams where people like from all different aspects of my life are mm-hmm. all in this dream. You know, yeah. a kid from high school, an old girlfriend on all these, you know, and, and, then you're, and you're snowmobiling. It's just, you know, stupid. Well, that's actually in this movie, so. Yeah, uh, it sure is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that uh, uh, we'll get to that later. Okay. I've got I've got so many complaints, but I, 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 okay, let's let's talk about the dreaming thing. Okay. Uh, um, I, I, it's so it's so literal. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it I don't. It's almost more like they're going into some sort of uh, subconscious holodeck or something than actually dreaming mm-hmm. it, like you know altered, like altered states like they're going into right a, they're not really asleep and and dreaming it's yeah. some other thing yeah and I, I just feel like the um the the subconscious in in christopher nolan's version of the dream is uh, dreams is is so literal that it's uh it's almost uninteresting it could be any other heist movie like it would be interesting to me that you had to if they had to interpret metaphors or something based yeah. on the dream world, not yeah. find the code to an actual safe that exists in someone's dream. Right. You and know the, what I mean? Even in a heist movie, too, they, they, they outline it for the audience. They go, mm-hmm. you're going to do this, I'm going to do this, you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. And you can follow it because it's in reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. But in, in, yeah, in this one, it was like, I really didn't know what J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character was doing the whole way through the movie, I didn't know what he was doing within the dream. I know he was wrapping people in wire and they were floating. Yeah. yeah. And, and that then looked he, cool. I guess he propelled them down the elevator shaft to simulate and, and the, the car. Yeah, to simulate falling because that's the kick. Right. And this that gets... Okay. Yes, the uh, heist movie explains what's going to happen, and then you see it happen, and that's part of the fun. And you see the mistakes that are made, and you're like, how are they going to get out of that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and know. and this, because 
Christopher Nolan for it's, it's something we were talking about before we started recording. He doesn't have a lot of a sense of a lot of sense of fun. In, right. in his movies, and so yeah, there was no. I I, I think I laughed out loud one time mm-hmm. when Joseph Gordon-Levitt made Ellen Page kiss him. Right, yeah. yeah, and that was it. And it was like, and everyone, it was almost like a relief when that part happened after yeah. two hours. You were like, uh-huh. oh, oh, okay, well, no, right, we're back. <laughs> it was yeah. weird. It was so weird. And so, yeah, the the heist movies are fun because of that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we have to change the plan to get out of this. Whereas this is like. Oh God! Some, another awful thing has happened, and now we have to. He, he has to talk to Ellen Page for another twenty minutes, so we can understand right. the thing they're doing to get to get out of this. To, right. I found I found myself continue. <laughs> okay, uh, for, for the listener, uh, Pat and David don't don't like the movie. I kind of like the movie. I certainly appreciate a lot of the way that it was directed. My problems are with the script. But um, the thing that got me, the question I kept asking, as so often happens in this type of sci-fi, a very kind of emotionally cold kind of sci-fi, I always wonder, like, why don't these characters all just kill themselves? <laughs> They're clearly not, none of them are happy. They're not none enjoying are, their, each other's company. <laughs> yeah, none of them are, go- if, this wor- if this works out, I don't think they're going to be any happier. They should probably just kill themselves, but, uh, which I know is uh, too literal. But it's and, and a like, short movie <laughs> if that happens. That's the thing. This movie could have been, I'd say, 40 minutes shorter. Mm. Yes. I, uh, I, mean, I, I, guess I don't know it, if I would have liked it any better, but it, maybe. Yeah. I, I think the, um, I guess he, the, the, the gamble of the movie is uh, the, the, the thing Christopher Nolan is using to make it more impactful than just a heist movie is the Cobb uh, backstory that Leonardo DiCaprio's backstory with mm-hmm. his wife and everything and the, the problem is if you don't buy into that then there's nothing and, there you for know, you I didn't find his wife that likable so it was hard for me to get behind yeah. you know and that's their like, love she's not story even his wife. she's a projection of him why would he make her if he wants if the whole reason that she's popping up in his dreams is because he wants to be able to spend more time with her why doesn't she seem like the kind of person you want, you to, want spend to spend time, time with? with. Yeah, <laughs> and she I seem cold and uh-huh. ugh, yeah. and here and here I think is is where where we, where we all start to differ because I probably my favorite thing about the film was the way that it talks about guilt because guilt you know a character's guilt it's been used in a lot of movies to middling results. Um, but uh, with this, what I really like is the first off, she is the personification of his guilt, mm-hmm. and she is a literally a violently destructive force. And I think that's something that that other films only hint at when it comes to guilt. But because you can actually put a face on it, right. and why, and that's the thing. Who knows how long he's been dealing with this? Maybe at first he he actually the reflection was a little closer to what his r- wife actually was, but after a while you will come to feel all the obligation of guilt without any of the without any of the emotions that go with it and after a while you just come to hate the thing that is making you feel guilty but you still feel obligated to it and so i liked that i really liked the way that it dealt with his guilt as far as performance and the fact of it once again his backstory as with everything else in the film he just they just come out and say everything, mm-hmm. and it's just like, ah, you know, you really had me. I got everything, mm-hmm. and now you don't have to just say everything. You know? Speaking of manifestations of his guilt, th- this brings me back to the the literalized thing, or the, uh, the not doing what 
I think could have been done. It's always Mal. It's always Marion mm-hmm. Cotillard, except for the one time it's a freight train, and that's awesome. Like that's one of the, yeah. the few parts of the movie I, I, movie yeah. I really really like. The fact that a freight train just comes down the street, and that's kind of, yeah. I think, because that's and, kind of the movie I thought I was getting. And in, to me, that's into. a dream. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that where something fantastical happens. Like I didn't care about the, and I know they would call them the dream architects or whatever they're calling them. So. And someone was trying to tell me, well, that's why everything was a was a cityscape because mm-hmm. they were dream architects. I'm like, that's really literal. And like, yeah. if you tell me dream architect, I think someone that can can make up anything within your mm-hmm. dream. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, but yeah, the freight train coming out of nowhere was really dreamlike for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, speaking of making up, making things up, one of the uh, I'd say there are three scenes in the movie that I really really like. One of them was the freight train. Uh, and then the second one was when Ellen Page goes into Leonardo DiCaprio's dream when he's showing her around and she uh, makes the 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 city the, the whole city bend in on itself and then like does that weird thing with the mirrors and then breaks yeah. them and makes a tunnel and like yeah. uh, it, it just brings a bridge up out of nowhere. That's that was awesome. And he's telling it's Cobb is telling her no, you can't do that. And I'm in the audience going no, that's no, what I want. Can. That's what you want. And then but we didn't really get much of that after she did that initially. Yeah. And that's also. Um, I thought maybe she was going to go rogue a little bit in the in the dream mm, and right. make and yes. do other things. And but that's also, and I'll, I'll get to the third scene that I liked later. Um, but that's uh, it's the only that, that scene that I just described is the only scene in the movie where Ellen Page actually gets to be a character. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, she's just like everybody else in the movie, except for Leonardo DiCaprio. She's just her her job, her titles, you know, yeah. the, the architect, the forger, the, what I can't remember what other names were yeah. uh, in the, in the trailer. But, and, um, and, and I, and I think, and I think, and this, this, you know, this might be nitpicky, but uh, things that take me out of a movie sometimes, I thought maybe she was miscast because, because she looks so young. It was really hard for me to get <laughs> over that. I mean, she really looks young. I mean, even in, in the scene later on in the movie, when the, the, the skiing, the skiing scene. Uh-huh. She has a pair of uh, of of goggles on that barely fit her head. <laughs> that was driving me crazy. I'm like, really? We this is a multi million dollar movie. You can't get a pair of snow goggles that fit her. Fa- they were gigantic on her little <laughs> elfin face. I was like, yeah. I just think you needed someone, an actress with a little bit. And I like her. I do. I like. I liked her in Hard Candy. I liked her in in X Men Three. If I have to go there, I liked her in uh, in Juno. I I do like her. I think she's good but for this i think you needed someone that just maybe looked a little older because i just was like and that's what it was i'll repeat something that i said on our comic-con episode because we were talking about that movie super Mm -hmm. that i was talking about the new james Mm -hmm. gunn movie that i think uh i think ellen page is probably more talented than we've even been able to realize Uh, i probably i agree with you i don't think she's quite gotten a role that's really going to let her her shine she's a she can be and it sounds like she's <clears throat> sounds like in super she's she's kind of uh, exploring different things mm-hmm. um but she is often a very deadpan actress right which in a film like this which one could venture to say lacks a certain degree of soul yeah <laughs> um that's that's like a guaranteed way to make me just feel like you're paper thin. I got nothing. I have no feelings towards you. I, at least I don't have hate. I am. I'm completely ambivalent about yeah. your character. But that's if that's not Ellen Page's it, fault, and it's not Tom it's, Hardy's fault, and it's not Joseph Gordon-Levitt's no. right. fault. It's, she, maybe if she would have played it a little bit more wide-eyed and like inquisitive, mm-hmm. like really interested in. Wait a minute, what's going on here? What are we going to do? But no. she was very deadpan, and that works for comedy a lot. Oh yeah. 
but it didn't work mm-hmm. for this for me. It's you know it it's a weird thing. Like we're I, I keep now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking of more aspects that I that I liked uh, and more aspects that I didn't. But um, the moment of like the breaking glass and the moment of of like the subconscious and all the like the people that are walking around suddenly turning around and attacking you. Um, I like those moments because to me they're a lot like the freight train where I felt like the dreamscape should be more treacherous. Like it should be just the as much control as these characters yeah. have over it. You can never have complete control in a dream, uh, even if you're like lucidly dreaming, like yeah. in uh, Vanilla Sky. If the whole thing should have been like. It's like we we've got as much control as we can have, but it's always a little tenuous. You never know when a p- mm-hmm. herd of elephants is going to be coming towards you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The the, the idea that, that we could he, metaphor could have been used more. And if we're going to buy into Christopher Nolan's idea that dreams are just playgrounds for the suppressed parts of your subconscious, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't exactly like um, the heaven scenes and what dreams may come. It's uh, right. All the dreams are essentially nightmares in Christopher Nolan's yeah. view of the dream. Um, <laughs> but then they could have been a lot more nightmarish. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. Is, they weren't is, they weren't fantastical enough for me, and yet they weren't nightmarish enough for me. Yeah. It just just kind of seemed like a it seemed like a boring place to be in these dreams. Yeah, and when they're in um, Fisher's uh, Killian Murphy's dream, they have guys shooting at them because he's been trained to protect his subconscious or something. But why does the danger have to be, again, so literalized? Couldn't yeah. it come from, like, it would be like, oh, this guy's actually uh, very disturbed, which is probably true with his relationship with his father. Right. Like, couldn't those parts of his subconscious be the source of danger? Yeah, why did it have to be guns and ammo? And- yeah. And that brings me to doing this stupid thing that Tom Hardy, like, uh, uh, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, sweetheart, and then pulls out a grenade launcher. It's like, well, if you can do that, why isn't everyone doing that all the time? Why isn't your arm a cannon now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And why, do, why don't why don't I just have X-ray vision and I can see inside the safe at the end? Yeah. I mean, it's uh-huh. like, I mean, if you, I mean, if you go that way, then you basically say, well, "There's no movie, Pat." If you say, <laughs> right. what, we, "What we have to do is X," oh, well, why can't they just do this and then X and it's done? But I understand. But he introduced the concept, but with that stupid grenade. Launcher yeah. scene that I think should yeah, have been the, cut. Yeah, the, the scene at the end with the skiing and everything. That I was just like, well, this is like a James Bond mm-hmm. movie from this, with yeah, Roger not, Moore. Not I've even seen, a good one, and not even a good one. No, <laughs> that's the thing about uh, Christopher Nolan. Why didn't they, the characters sprout r- wings and fly and just really <laughs> like in Brazil? Really, I really wanted. Right. I really wanted crazy dream like stuff to happen. I did, um, but the. Uh, outside of this, the dream part, just as an action director, Christopher Nolan is really hit and miss. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of the fight scenes in Batman Begins are kind of uh, uh, not; they're kind of clumsy, not very well executed. As much as I like the movie, it's not right. They're not uh, virtuoso fight scenes. And Which Dark I'm Knight, actually okay with because the clumsiest ones are the ones at first when he's still learning. When he's still learning. No, That's I just mean from an editing standpoint, oh, like okay. it's it's hard to like necessarily follow. Okay. Uh, Dark Knight it's has some of that, but then it has a, a few like I mean the the truck chase is mm-hmm. amazing. Really great, yeah. And this this one had the same thing. It had the the snow thing, I think was not a compelling action movie. We've seen it done m- m- thousands of times better uh-huh. than that. The skiing and machine guns and but no. I'm going to get now to my third, the third scene that I love in the movie. Okay. Probably the scene I like the most. Uh, now, people have been focusing a lot on the zero-gravity hallway thing. And that's mm-hmm. that's cool from an effect point it, of view. It but is, But earlier, yes. 
before it goes zero gravity, when the hallway, the whole hotel is like tilting and rolling, mm-hmm. and they're it's just Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and that guy like grappling for a gun right. as the whole building's moving, and then he falls through the door yeah. and gets the gun at the last minute. That was amazing. That yeah. was that amazing. was so great. But we have to. But what we know is that an amazing scene like that can't. You can't say this is a great movie because of right. one scene like because every bad movie has to have at least one good scene or one yeah. something you like about it. And yeah, that was awesome. That I agree that scene was awesome. Uh-huh. Man, by the time that came, I was like finally <laughs> something, yeah, something. That I'm interested in. Now, let me uh let me put this uh out there. We're talking more about dreams than I expected to, but that's okay. Um I guess that's the nature of the film. I don't know what I was <laughs> expecting. Anyway, um here's here's something that to me they can never do in a movie for copyright reasons. Um, when I was younger, and even to a certain extent now, if I have a nightmare or I'm or, or something like that, uh, it's you know Freddy Krueger is coming after me. Really? Things that I have seen in right. movies. Well, right. of course they can't do that in another movie unless it happens to be the same studio or something like that. But and that to me would have been like an interesting thing instead of the gunman is just all these things that a person just ingests as threatening over the course of their lives it could be an animal it could be a character in a in a movie but um which led me to and you know the perhaps i'm being too generous when i say the big okay in another leonardo dicaprio movie that does it's not a dream thing but does that the the thing that the the idea that your subconscious is informed by the pop culture that you mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah uh, ingest is the beach, yeah. Which has like when he's sort of going crazy in the woods and uh, alone, he's uh, playing a video game in his mind, yeah. yeah. And then essentially, like there, uh, there are scenes that are clearly inspired by the Deer Hunter, even though they don't, mm-hmm. they can't say the Deer Hunter, right. but that's what yeah. it is. I just, I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's it. Just made me think of the beach, which yeah. leads me to think that perhaps the reason that, and this might be me giving it too much credit, I'm not sure. Um, Maybe the snowmobile snowmobile scene. Maybe it is meant to evoke a James Bond movie on purpose because that's how it's like. Okay, now we're part of an action thing, and they're trying to make Killian Murphy's character feel like he's part of an he's on the team and he's part mm-hmm. of an adventure. And this is what an adventure looks like to some people. Something as sensationalistic as this. It was kind of a boring adventure, though. Too. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, maybe if you're actually there, it's exciting. But mm. as as the viewer, I wanted it to be even more exciting. And I know what you mean about because, like, the things that things that I'm afraid of are, are, are I don't I, rats, mm-hmm. and I have a big fear of mm. pit bulls. And um and yeah, if those whenever I have a bad dream, it something like that is in my dream that wakes me up. I'm like, oh boy, rats. The thing- so um, <laughs> so yeah, those things aren't copyrighted. So yeah, you could people do have yeah. fear fear of heights, fear of yeah. It, it just goes back to this thing that I, I wish the the subconscious were less literalized. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it has to be. I'm not saying it has to be a David Lynch movie. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be mysterious. Uh, I I just think it could be a little less. Literal. Uh, yeah. I, I would. I would say to Christopher Nolan, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, sweetheart. <laughs> this actually, and now, the the idea of the um, of the 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 guys with the the guns and and finding out that oh okay, it turns out that Kelly Murphy has been trained for this sort of thing. Um, that leads me into certain structure issues that I that I have with the script. Um, is that. Uh, For me, one of the things that I always found a certain degree of solace in uh, 
was the idea of like, you know, when all's said and done, they're all just sitting on a plane. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, it's what I it's what I have to hold on to. Right, right, right. And then he would keep introducing elements, and I think he realized like they are all safe on a plane. Uh-huh. No matter how much action I throw, it's all happening in the mind, and they're all safe on a plane. Right. And so he kept so he would introduce elements like the idea of I think limbo was introduced earlier than the actual heist, for lack of a better term. Um, well, I don't think limbo was introduced until Ken Watanabe was shot. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, which was which was so they're already in the dream. Mm-hmm. So it's that, and they also introduced the idea that hey, the dr- the sedative that was given to us, you know, we can't come out of it, or if we die, that's right. Yeah, if we die, then we die in limbo or something like. So you're that. saying because I I hate stuff like that. I hate when they set up some rules, yeah, and then keep adding rules. On because t- as yeah. a viewer, I'm like, well, he can tell me anything now. Yeah. Exactly. Once yeah. you do it once, once you add one rule, and then you do it again, then it's just like, well, yeah. And it got to the point because it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and everyone's so deadly serious all the time. Mm-hmm. I almost felt like, all right, now you're just put, you're just fucking with me. Like, right. yeah. The fact, like, I'm not buying this. I stopped buying this movie an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Quit right. taking it so seriously. Quit. Well, we're gonna ride the kick up through the levels. Fuck you. That's not <laughs> 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 that 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 idea I liked because it just it set rules and it and it stuck to them and it's like okay so it's going to be this and this and this uh okay. i actually i always had a pretty strong idea of what was going on uh but that's it, i'm sorry I, I jumped ahead that's more a function of the directing than the writing um sorry go on i want to talk about the, this this rules this okay. is just a nitpicky thing but it really bothers me okay if they say that each level of the dream time lasts about 20 times longer mm. right that's what they say okay that's is what it 20 times movies. right okay yeah um because, like, yeah, five minutes is an hour. Mm. Um, so, and they actually say this when in the snow level. Ten seconds of that van falling off the bridge right. is in the hotel. That would be 200 seconds, three minutes and 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then a little over an hour or whatever in the in the snow world. But you're telling me that Joseph Gordon-Levitt floating around, fighting with that guy, getting everyone, wrapping them up, taking them into the elevator, lo- or, you know, rigging up the thing, exploding it, all happened in three minutes and 20 seconds? Right. That bothers me. I know. <laughs> stuff like that bothers me, too. Like, in, 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 yeah, that drives me crazy because I'm like, that's, no, you can't, like, or, or like a movie and they go, we got to be there in three minutes. And then it's, it's like, you're never going to be there in three minutes. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> you can't get there in three minutes. It's impossible. It's not physically impossible. Yeah, that was because, uh, I saw the the movie with my wife, and she enjoyed it more than I did. But that is the thing that bothered her is just they would just first off the way they would explain the new rules is of course they would stop everything and explain the new rules <laughs> and um, and that is just like we're we're like two hours into the movie now right uh-huh. you can't stop and allow another five minutes like we're into a climax now um, but. Uh, but just the the way they would just introduce stuff, and it and it felt like such a structural choice that they're like, okay, like you, like you you know you can see someone sitting down at a, a laptop or perhaps a typewriter if you're Larry McMurtry, and uh, <laughs> and you're just like you know, they are still on that plane. What can I do? I will add this. I will add this element of danger, and the ch- and the point at which that element of danger is introduced it it just it all seems so planned out like i can kind of i can see the strings i can see the machinations of the writer mm-hmm. and not it just seemed the way it was introduced the 
the moment at which these things were introduced is just let me uh, it leads me to this question this is the only movie that Christopher Nolan has written by himself is that correct oh uh, I think so I'm not sure I'm not All sure right. about that either I think he's a I think he's a for the most part brilliant director um, and he co-writes his scripts but he always has a co-writer and I think you actually now understand why you need someone the, to focus him a little bit Someone to focus or, him, and I think someone to help him with dialogue. I mean, yeah. but I mean, dialogue is the main weak point in The Dark Knight for me, and that's not as much as I love The Dark Knight. I, think I don't know. That, Joker's got some pretty solid dialogue, even though I guess it is kind of on the nose. That's that was my problem. I liked his dialogue a lot the first time when I saw it. The, the second time, I, that's exactly yeah, my words exactly. It's a little on the nose. Yeah, but I, I know what you're saying. I think it, it, what if at some point in Inception, if where they're all safe on the plane, what if they're not safe on the plane? What if there would have been another element that all of a sudden, and maybe then they have to wake someone up in the dream so that they wake up on the plane so that mm-hmm. they can remedy the situation that mm-hmm. was happening on the plane. Like, what if the plane was under attack yeah. by someone figured out what this team of people were going to do? It was so, it was also insulated that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like if, if that plane would have been in danger with all the people who you think are safe. That would have added uh, mm-hmm. quite an extra element of now someone outside the dream is trying to help someone inside the dream and then get back inside the dream in order to right. uh, uh, fulfill mm-hmm. the mission. I mean, I think on I think on paper when 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 Christopher Nolan came up with this whole idea, it was probably wow, yeah, and he's probably telling people about it. And they're like, that's great, but sometimes execution mm-hmm. is really difficult. I think he I think he worked on this for ten years, years, years. years, yeah. years. But, you know, so sometimes, yeah, sometimes execution is difficult. I don't know that this was executed, not in a satisfying way for me anyway. And perhaps the reason that the dreams are so literal is because the concept is so lofty. Like, he needed something as a stabilizing force. I'm not saying this is, uh, uh, that he was right for doing Mm -hmm. this, but it's just, it's like, ah, this is too big. If I'm not careful, it will run away with me. So I will keep everything very literal. And she's like, ah, well, if you're going to do it, do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, other filmmakers are not afraid to plumb the depths and anger me, the audience, when I go and see uh, Mulholland Drive, which I have tremendous, I have more respect for now because of its willingness to be all aspects of a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, or nightmare more specifically. Um, like it even introduces nonsensical mythical characters like that weird little monster guy. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, it's uh, it is it it the film for me wound up being like I'd give it like three out of four stars because for many, including myself, it was an entertaining experience. But much much like Avatar, like the direction it was not enough. The the script and the execution of the script and the characters oh, and the dialogue in Avatar was killing me. It, very yeah. much so. Oh my as, god, yes. was that killing me? Um. And and I like this certainly much more than Avatar. Who but was it? No, I can't remember who was it who was complaining about the I didn't sign up for this line in Avatar. I think it was Goble. I think Paul yeah. Goble. Yeah, Cause I know it's right there with I'm getting too old for this shit. I mean, <laughs> but, it's so. But the, the, Paul Goble's point is when Michelle Rodriguez says I didn't sign up for this, it's like no, you're in the military. Oh, oh, this yeah, is yeah. exactly what you signed yeah, up. You for. did sign up for this. <laughs> Whatever we throw at you. But, and back jumping back to the, like the rules, how you said they mm-hmm. change. Like I always go to Gremlins. I always go look. Beginning of Gremlins. They say, don't do this, this, and this. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. you do it, well, then you see what happens. Yeah. And um, so I, 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 you know, I like 
and the th- I think one of the, th- the the other thing that bothered me was the the thing with his kids because uh-huh. that also seemed like it was added later. And I didn't feel. I mean, I have children, mm-hmm. so I understand what he was. He, the movie didn't make me feel what I was feeling inside. I'm like, oh wow, what would that be like if you couldn't see your kid? That'd be terrible. But the movie didn't make me feel yeah that for some reason. I would have rather those kids turned around and been monster kids, and he didn't. Oh. And then he didn't have kids at all. Oh, he just awesome. thought he had kids. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was a dream that he had kids. You're blowing my mind, Francis. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing is, but you, feeling is what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it was added in precisely to evoke feeling. Yeah, because if if his whole thing was merely, I need to deal with my guilt. Mm-hmm. Over my wife before it destroys me right. mentally. If that was his only obstacle, which is a big obstacle, mm-hmm. but it's an, it's an intellectual obstacle. It's something that peop, that someone is not going to feel much about. And so I feel like it, it seems as if the studio or or maybe Nolan himself added the kids in later because they're like, uh, we need something a little more sentimental than merely I have to get over my guilt or something like that. Um, this and yeah, it just seemed like a like a machination. This brings me to. Uh okay, uh, I, I'm the okay the Dark Knight. I love it. It has its flaws, but I love it. And one of the main reasons I love it is that it's uh, thematically consistent, and it's actually it's saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot to say about uh, our sort of current political climate, you know, from foreign threat and uh, what lengths our leaders. Uh, should be allowed to go to to keep us safe. That's kind of the main thing. And there are other things, character things about it, but it, it, it has a through line, I think. Mm. Uh, my my problem, I, I could forgive Inception it's being way too long and way too exposition-based if it were a, if it would uh, pick an idea to be about. Mm-hmm. But you've essentially got two... Well, you've got this um, introduced... You think it's going to be about this idea that he talks about at the beginning that... An idea is the most resilient parasite. That's mm. a really cool idea to me. The, yeah. It's it's sort of very. Uh, like, uh, I don't know if I know you don't. Have you ever read any Neil Stevenson, like Snow Crash, or, no. or anything like that? <laughs> I um, read the first twenty minute, uh, twenty pages of uh, Snow Crash. Yeah, that's a very Snow Crash Neil, Neil Stevenson yeah. kind of idea. That it, that an, that that a thought or an idea or a language or something uh, is almost like an, an an organism or an actual entity itself and can. And has has power attached to it. That's a really great idea, and that's what I thought the movie was going to be about at the beginning, and I was excited about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of uh, abandons that, or, or 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 only addresses it in the most surface level possible to get to this thing you're talking about about getting over guilt, about getting mm-hmm. over uh, the, the the idea that you need to get you need to get over whatever is weighing you down mentally to move on. Yeah. And uh, not only is that less interesting it's also something that frankly lost just spent six years being about and for all its problems <laughs> did it a lot better i think well possibly because it had good time six years <laughs> right yeah uh it, so i don't know what, how do you guys feel about what the movie is about it, what would you what is there a theme or a moral you could take away from it and uh, is it a saving grace to you uh the, this, the, this this thing about guilt or kind of because because the way first off it's a theme that i'm drawn to very much because mm-hmm. of course my of my crippling guilt um <laughs> you have but, you man you have demons 
There's no question about it. Um, <laughs> My crippling guilt. <laughs> it's just. It's, are there uh, are there bodies in the floorboards of <laughs> apartments? That? That's why we can't fit those suitcases into the closet. <laughs> um, body parts in those. Suitcases. I do feel really guilty about murdering all those people. That's what I need to get over. Um, but uh, no, the, just I, I'm attracted to themes like that, and the way that, it, as I mentioned, the way that it chose to personify guilt and make it a thing that needs to literally be destroyed. It can't just be a thing that you live with because after a while it will overtake you. Uh, the The theme itself, the way it dealt with it, and, um, and also I really actually liked Killian Murphy's character's arc and everything dealt with in that, um, almost as if whether his dad actually f- thought these things or not, which he probably didn't, uh, about oh I was disappointed that you f- tried to follow in my footsteps and just that idea of little little mental and emotional deals we make with ourselves in order to carry on in life mm-hmm. you know his dad is now dead and rather than just be like I had a terrible father and I was a horrible disappointment to him they they introduced this idea and he is more than happy to run with it um, and so I liked a lot of those, a lot of those themes, and those kind of were a saving grace for me, uh, because they're just they're very central human themes, as opposed to, for example, Avatar. Because I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, you know, a lot of your issues with Inception very similar to your issues with Avatar. And she's like, yeah, but Avatar was just being like, you should feel bad because of what happened to the Native Americans. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, all right. It was just it was inducing more guilt. <laughs> well, that's not. I don't know. We. We could talk about Avatar yeah, some yeah, other yeah. time because I like it a lot more than you do. I know you did. Yeah. Uh, did uh, um. So you you would give this a three out of four. Three out of four. And then, it, but it's your least favorite Nolan film. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think I probably even like Following more than this. I didn't see Following. I, know, I, I never following. saw that one. Yeah. So you would probably give all his all his movies in a four out of four. Uh, I'd probably give Batman Begins four out of four, and then probably everything else three and a half. You don't give Memento four out of four? Uh, probably give that three and a half. Memento has become my favorite, even though mm. you, you just talked a little bit ago about how you didn't like Mahal and Drive at first, and now you've come to really like it. I had the exact same reaction to Memento. Did not like it at all at first. I was very annoyed by what I saw as gimmicky, you know? Yeah. And But I found it, it's a movie that I can't stay away from. I seem to rewatch it mm-hmm. twice a year or something, and every time I like it a lot more. And that's a movie you would think, uh, how is he going to do this? How is this going to... How is he going to make this work with the going backwards and everything? And and it works. Mm-hmm. That's why when I go see a, a, an Inception, I think, well, he's going to be able to make this work because he's he uh-huh. made other things incredibly entertaining and, yeah. and that seem difficult work. But and Memento, I think, is a much better movie about dealing with the guilt of your wife's death. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Much, even though you don't necessarily realize that's what it's about until the end, that's part of the, yeah. the fun of the movie. And, and uh, that's, what, that's actually Stephen what bothers me. Stephen Tobolowsky is in yeah, our best friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and it and it that movie deals with guilt, but it also deals again with the little, the little ways we trick ourselves in order to be able to live. Like he may be directly responsible for her death, he may not be. You never know because he's managed to trick himself so that he can live with himself. Yeah, that, that's why it's uh, for all of Inception's layers. Pardon mm-hmm. the pun. Uh, I think Memento is a much more uh, subtle and nuanced movie about the same idea mm-hmm. you know this idea that uh 
uh, I mean, he 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 basically creates a whole life and world for himself and purpose for himself, just so he doesn't have to deal yeah. with his wife's death. Where which is uh, the opposite of what Leonardo DiCaprio is doing. He's in in Inception. He's uh, constantly having to deal with it and not. Uh, he's not moving on or playing mental games with himself the way that Leonard was in mm-hmm. in Memento, uh, and that. It makes Memento maybe a more cynical movie, but I, I think a better one and a more consistent one. And I think that because I I think Nolan is a very people have compared him to to Kubrick and and you get kind of tired of that. But I'd say they are similar in how meticulous they are as directors. Um, one could also go so far as say cold clinical, um, but very meticulous. And I feel like that meticulousness is that the right word meticulousness. Sure. Uh, meticulation, um, meticulosity. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's that movie with uh, Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe, right? Oh yeah, meticulous. Um, but uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, and Michael I, Keaton and Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, we've all made a joke. Oh, I wish I, I had the, a joke. I think the episode's over. Um, but uh, I feel like that that meticulousness uh, is mirrored by Leonard in Memento, whereas the general sloppiness and spontaneity of dreams his 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 level of of meticulousness doesn't lend itself to just letting go uh and just you know whatever enters his whatever enters his as the writer whatever enters his mind he's just gonna put up there and see see how it works um i don't know it's i think maybe just the inherent the inherent thing that he's dealing with in this film I feel like he, as a filmmaker, is not uh, not willing to commit fully to what is required. He's, I, I guess, he's meticulous in, in the sense, certainly a technical sense. All his movies are very, mm. very technically sound, uh, you know. And right. Wally Pfister, the cinematographer, gets some credit for that because he's mm-hmm. he's brilliant. And all of Christopher Nolan's movies are great looking. And I think, I think maybe scene to scene, Christopher Nolan might might be again meticulous in in trying to get. I think trying to get whatever emotional beat he's going for, but the problem is his emotional beats aren't varied scene to scene, mm-hmm. and they're not about the big picture. Uh, if you want to compare to something, look at David Fincher's Zodiac. David Fincher is uh, yeah. notoriously meticulous, like mm-hmm. doing 70 takes of a guy walking through a door because he wants it to be exact. But it's not just this uh, kind of surface-level exactness that Christopher Nolan is practicing in Inception. Uh, there's... Um, there's an emotional story and a thematic story uh, at work in in Zodiac, and the, I think the reason David Fincher is uh, so again exacting is because he has that all planned out in his mind, and he's trying to get each beat exactly right. Whereas, as uh, within the story, whereas Christopher Nolan is just trying to make each scene almost stand alone, and when a movie's two and a half hours long, that gets kind of boring. Now, uh, David, you and I have been talking for a while, and it occurs to me that, uh, Pat, you've been mostly chiming in with David and I because <laughs> right. we uh, forgot that you were here, I guess. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I, just, I didn't but, want to interrupt either. It's, not, you're it's, very a, different di- it's a different dynamic than uh, Never Not Funny. <laughs> we appreciate right. that. Well, what does Paul Stanley think of uh, Inception? Oh, I loved Inception. <laughs> it was stupendous. They get into his dreams. 
I'd like to write a song about dreams. <laughs> uh, okay. I have a dream about Ellen Page wearing a threesome. <laughs> it's me and two Ellen Pages. <laughs> um, we, um, uh, oh, my. What didn't, um, now, with, with uh, Roger Ebert, I, this is my favorite quote. I say it all the time. Roger Ebert always says, no good movie is too long and no bad movie is too short. And yeah. I totally agree with that. With Inception, I never look at my watch or, or my phone during a movie unless I'm like, unless I don't want it to end. Like, I'm mm. like, oh, how much time? Like, oh, my God, it's going to be over in 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Inception, I looked at my watch constantly. I was so bored out of my mind like every 20 minutes i'm like oh my dear god i felt like the people that were falling off the bridge in exactly. that exactly because not only was i bored i was like i was eventually just getting really irritated every yeah. time it would cut back to that van i'd be like oh just how how long am i supposed to care about a van falling right. off a bridge <laughs> what was the audience reaction to at the end of the movie i mean during the like everyone was stone quiet mm-hmm. the whole way through and i'm like well they're really into it or they're not understanding it and they're trying to understand <laughs> it or or they love it or they hate it. I couldn't really get it and then at the end there was a smattering of applause and I saw it opening night mm. IMAX packed um, I saw it did it open it opened on a Wednesday is that right no it opened on a Friday okay yeah. then I saw it the next day yeah and there was a, there was a smattering of applause you know like but it wasn't uh, it wasn't like in uh, a Rotten Tomatoes 85% thundering roar of applause I think maybe uh, maybe this is why I didn't like it my whole uh Pretty much the whole theater seemed to not like it at the end when when it cuts to black. The most of the audience was like, "Oh, yeah, like yeah." It's, oh yeah, I guess we got to talk about that too a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, my my whole thing with the movie, like I went I, I went with uh, I went with my my nephew who who was visiting. He's twenty one years old, and he loved it. He's seen mm-hmm. it again, and like I think he tweeted, "My mind has been blown again." I'm like, "We really? don't get it. what." <laughs> this is gonna sound really condescending. <laughs> It might be because he's twenty one. It might be. No, then that's that's okay. I yeah. mean, it's like it's like when he says, "Uncle Pat, you got to listen to this music." Eh, <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, well, I never well, thought it'd be like that. But what music? I'm just, I'm just using just random, just random. <laughs> okay. You know, something he he wants me to listen to, and mm-hmm. and it's like, eh, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, maybe it was because maybe it is because he's twenty one. Yeah, I mean, but the, but these but the people that are reviewing this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, they're not. Yeah, twenty one. You know, yeah. I mean, A.O. Scott's not twenty one. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Ebert gave it four stars. He's very generous to movies he's, that are very stylistic, like the. Although I guess it's Ebert, not that stylistic. Now you're talking about age. Ebert is very generous in his old age. I mean, mm-hmm. I find he likes. I think he liked Killers with Ashton Kutcher and Catherine <laughs> Heigl. I mean, he likes seems to like almost everything mm-hmm. lately. Yeah, it's uh, some of his reviews. Uh, for me, like I've always really liked the way he writes yeah. about films, but there are sometimes like his, regardless of what I might think about Avatar, right. his Avatar review is so fawning that it's like, this is bad. This is badly written. Yeah. However, his review of the Human Centipede, which I'm sure you guys know about, I right? know of. Yes. Um, I've not seen it, and uh, he refused to assign it a star rating, not because it was bad, because but because like. I respect their level of commitment, and I think I will respect it so much. A movie like this can't have a star rating. What? what <laughs> how could you ever 
come up with a star rating for this film. It's just the and premise so, of it's repulsive. It's like not something I would even want to see. Is like you know when people say, "Oh, you got to see it because you're not going to believe," and you'll go, "Okay." But this is so I can't even <laughs> fathom seeing the human centipede. Yeah, I, I want to. I don't want to see it because I might believe it. That's <laughs> yeah. That, it's just like oh, it all seems so horribly feasible. I would watch the human centipede if it was like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, where at the end then there's a, a quick reveal, but not too much of a reveal. Oh, All right. Well, this isn't our human centipede. Right, right. Let's, and let's, and let's <laughs> we'll have you back for human centipede. Let's jump back back into Inception. Then, yeah, yeah. Another thing was the the team, the characters. They weren't they weren't written like so that and I don't want to use the A team, but you know that the four guys <laughs> in the A team have a specific voice. They mm-hmm. are, and I thought those guys all kind of kind of just melded into like mm-hmm. one, yeah, one character that wasn't, yeah. If Steven Soderbergh can to. make a movie with 12 characters who mm-hmm. are... If who can? Steven Soderbergh can make the Ocean's yeah. Eleven movie. 12 distinct characters. Right. You can't do it with four or five? You know, yeah, I'm not comparing, you know, A-Team or, or, or Ocean's Eleven to Inception, only in the character mm-hmm. development, mm-hmm. how they were written. It just wasn't, you know... What is the actor's name? Tom Hardy, you said? Yeah. I thought, I thought he did pretty well, just in that, like, whatever... I guess he was something of a comic relief to a certain extent. I guess, um, yeah. But uh, I remember enjoying his character. Yeah, and, he was he was fine. And being fascinated, not fascinated, but being interested in the chemist and then, of course, being frustrated that there wasn't more to him. Right. But Yeah. And being fascinated but, by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There wasn't, he wasn't given very much either. Yeah, I, okay, it, it there's seemed, a... It, see, uh, it seemed, too, when we first see Joseph Gordon-Levitt and we see... Leonardo DiCaprio, and I know that those guys are in their 30s. They, stu- they still seem like boys to me. Uh-huh. Like It seemed like a bunch of guys playing dress-up in their suits and their hair slicked back. And <laughs> it just, I, I have trouble with Leonardo DiCaprio when he plays a, a tough guy. I just, even in Departed, I can't, I, I don't know why I can, I like, I, I can accept Matt, Matt Damon as a tough guy, but yeah. for some reason, Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor seems so soft and just kind of doughy and still I, boyish to me. I think it's more than just his looks. I think there's a, the, the timber of his voice is, is boyish. Oh, that's, that's, mm, that, that's, that's a, a big good thing. thing yeah. From, but yeah, that's a big hang up of mine. I've, I think I've started, I think I've started to, to turn over on, on DiCaprio when it comes to seeing him as an adult, uh-huh. uh, partially because I actually, uh, a few weeks ago, my friends and I went back and watched Titanic, and only then do you realize how much he is he's aged, aged and, and, yeah. and how much he is an adult now. But yeah, yeah Joseph Gordon-Levitt is is still very still very young. Yeah, um, I think he's in his what mid twenties now. I think he's yeah. about as old as we are. Yeah, late twenties. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to address the the Tom Hardy thing, uh, and again, this uh, we could have had more distinct characters. There's the part where they're explaining. One of the many times they're explaining things that have to do with kicks. If I ever never hear the word kick again in a movie, I'll, uh, in unless a movie it's Rodney soon. Dangerfield's Ladybugs. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> then you can talk about kicking all you want. Uh, did I hear you make reference to that film recently? I did. Okay, I did. on I Love Movies. That's right. right. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> got Ladybugs on the brain. To it as Rodney Dangerfield's <laughs> Ladybugs, like he's the auteur. Um, but when they're 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 explaining what a kick is, and Tom Hardy like sort of. Uh, kicks Joseph Gordon-Levitt's chair. He's like, "This is a kick," and like, yeah, almost knocks him over. Like, it was just, I, I, 
it's such a small thing, but I was almost grasping at it. Like, oh, characters. There's characters in this movie yeah, now. Yeah, this guy's going to be kind of like this yeah. sarcastic, funny, and, not it, taking the whole process too yeah. seriously. And maybe this friction between Eames and... Uh, what what's uh, Arthur? Is that Arthur? Is, yes. Maybe this this friction between them will play out or expand. I mean, that's that's why you plant a seed like right. that in a mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I would I would have even liked something like where someone asks a question like, "Well, if we do this, this, and this, what could happen?" And just that Tom Hardy character going, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's never happened before. Yeah, we'll see when it comes there. Even if you just said like, "I don't know," it's a dream. It's a dream. Yeah, well, exactly. What do you want to happen? You just yeah. It was lacking humor. That's what it was really lacking. Yeah. And he, why was it, I don't know why it was taking itself so overly serious. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I mean, even if you're guilt-ridden, mm-hmm. there's got to be some gallows humor in there. You know, something. Yeah. Well, this reminds me, I, I brought this up in a couple episodes recently because I've been rewatching it. The Sopranos, uh, which just can be like very moving, very, uh, you know, affecting and it's violence or it's emotional resonance it's also one of the funniest shows that i've ever seen in absolutely my life. uh and i and I, I don't understand why some people like chris nolan don't get that that can help you yeah know, breaking, breaking bad it. is mm-hmm. fu- it's Very horrific funny. and funny all yeah. in the same episode he hasn't watched it oh sorry <laughs> gotta get on board with that not all yeah. of us have a tv podcast <laughs> but it's the uh it's the best show on tv breaking bad do you it like is. it more you like it more than mad men yeah, I think it's okay. surpassed Mad Men. It is, it is better than Mad Men, but it's almost unfair to compare them mm-hmm. because it, they're so different. Yeah. No. You know? My, you know, my, they're both much, tens. I like Breaking Bad better. Okay. As much as I like Mad Men, my current title, my, my previous rather title holder for best show on TV was Friday Night Lights. And it's mm. still a good show, but the season three of Breaking Bad just blew everything else out of the water. It was so great. I got to make it a priority. Uh, all right. So the, so the other thing in, with Inception that we haven't talked about, I, I, I even forget what they're called in the movie, the things that they carry with them. Totems. 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 I love that. Mm-hmm. The, the concept of the totem? Of the totem. And I you had too. to make your own so that no one else knew. And yet, to me, it, that it wasn't used enough. I mean, I, I understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, 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 mm-hmm. they, they made it so that it... Because it ends with the totem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we only get... Uh, we only see Leonardo DiCaprio's totem. Right. No, and Ellen Page makes her totem. We see but her. We, we see, see Arthur's. Yeah, we, I should say, yeah, we see them. What I'm saying is we only see Leo's uh, in action. We understand Right, they don't use them. That's works. what I mean. I thought they were going to use them more like yeah. like all of a sudden in the middle of something, Ellen Page is going to be like, oh, wait. Yeah. This, this isn't a dream. But we also don't understand. I mean, we actually see her making her, so you'd right. think it would pay off. Right. But, but Cobbs has a very... Just, uh, distinguished rule that it spins if it falls over it's not a dream yeah how does how exactly does does Arthur's dice die or or I think it was a lo- I think when you rolled it it was supposed to land on the same number every time oh, I think okay. it was a loaded dice but again they could have they should have showed us that yeah also the impression that I got was the totem it's not even about doing something with it it's about the weight and feel of it and that, yeah, you and only you only know you what know. that is so That's you know right. that it's you know reality and it's not and you're not in someone else's dream and all that sort of thing let's there's one more thing i want to get to which i already kind of started talking about the whole neil stevenson thing um that that bothers me that uh this movie uh, inception is i guess technically it's a science fiction movie Mm -hmm. uh or it's a science fiction premise yeah where a science fiction movie is not what's happening in front of us right uh and that 
that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I I, I wish uh, if you're going to have something that's so conceptual like this, mm-hmm. which is what science fiction often is, right. then it should be about a concept. This is just me. You know what? I'm just retreading ground I already did with the whole I, the idea as a parasite thing is mm-hmm. I think that's a much more fitting theme for this premise than what he actually explored with the the guilt, which I think he didn't even explore very well. So, yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up, but then I realized that I essentially made that point already. Well, that the idea of sci-fi being superficially exploited, uh, that's nothing new. I mm-hmm. mean, as much as I love Alien, and I do love it, it has sci-fi elements, but it's a horror movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that's... And, yeah. And Alien 2 is an action... And Aliens ver- is an action movie. Very much so, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, as far as, like, hard... Right. But those aren't... Sci-fi. Yeah, There's the, not very much. The Alien movies aren't hard sci-fi, or the premise isn't. Right. You guys are using the term hard sci-fi like that guy from Party Down does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Ah, true. <laughs> I, like, I like Roman. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, I mean, th- that's just... I mean, Alien is sci-fi because it's... In space. Yes. You know, it's a horror movie in space, mm-hmm. whereas this is an actual... It's about a company, you know, the the, com- the Way- company... Wayland yutani Yeah, that is willing to, uh, you know, right. kill people. But, or, but well, I guess I'm saying this is this idea, this technology that's invented for Inception mm-hmm. is... Uh, that's that's real sci-fi. That's yeah. something you should have to explain. Terminator sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, What's your favorite sci-fi film? We're jumping. I'm jumping. Oh, jeez. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Hang you on. You two. Think it up. Probably Blade uh, Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Okay. <laughs> All right. We should host the podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Off the top of my head, I'd say probably Blade Runner. What do you like, Alien? What's your favorite mm-hmm. version of Blade Runner? Oh, jeez. I haven't seen the final cut. I d- I have the final cut, and you know what? I, I think do too. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I think the director's cut. I think the final cut includes a few things too many. Um, so the director's cut. Because there's, there's four, there's four, there's three or four versions. I, I know there's of three. three. There's the theatrical, the directors, and now the final cut. Okay. Uh, the theatrical version with that weird narration and the tacked on happy ending is something of a nightmare. Um, and not in the way it was meant to be a nightmare. <laughs> um, the director's cut, it's, it's, it move it moves pretty quick. You get the information you need and nothing more. And that's the problem with the final cut is it includes a few more scenes and you're like, I you don't need this. Okay. Uh, See, because I bought that set yeah. when it came out, and I haven't watched it yet. Because I'm yeah. like, do I got to watch all three of them? Do I gotta... so I'm gonna watch? Because I haven't seen it since I saw it as a kid in the movie theater. So okay, I am gonna watch the director's cut at your recommendation. Yeah, uh, a couple more mentions of great sci-fi movies uh, from the '90s: Gattaca and Dark City are both great. Spaceballs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, 2001 uh, is great. Um, the original Day the Earth Stood Still is a great yeah, uh, science, much, yeah. fi- science fiction movie. So okay, those are and I've not okay, seen good. the original uh, Solaris, but you you're a big fan oh, of it. Oh yeah, it's very good. So. Actually, and I would I think it might make a good companion piece to Inception. As far I mean, you've mm. seen the new, Solaris, yes, I have. So you understand what the movie is about. Yeah. It, what is about wives? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to get divorced or something because sci-fi those, just tells me it's only going to turn bad. Those bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but do we, How do about that as a sci-fi bitches? Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> I love that panel I, at Comic-Con. Damn, the sci-fi bitches. <laughs> That's right, buddy. Um, um, now, here's, here's my... Uh, <laughs> these guys are laughing about something I don't know. What <laughs> because about he, our own he made jokes. the Comic-Con panel joke <laughs> seconds before I could. The, uh, yeah. my, my problem with Inception and people who like it, I'm trying to get them to tell me why they loved it so much. And they just... 
for some reason I can't get someone to to tell me like they'll go oh my you didn't like it I loved it I loved mm-hmm. it what did you like mm-hmm. about it oh everything I'm like ah, I can't like when I don't like a movie I try to tell you why what I didn't like about it or why I didn't like it mm-hmm. and if you liked it like and I have friends too that if I if I say I didn't like it they'll say you're wrong and I'm like oh I'm gonna punch you right <laughs> in the face yeah I'm not wrong I'm telling you why I didn't like it and you're not yeah. wrong if you liked it but I just like people I would love people. To tell me what or why they have gravitated to this so strongly. Because even my 21-year-old nephew, he's seen it more than once and loved it, but can't really tell me exactly. And like when people say, oh, I love the ride. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, maybe. In a lot of ways, it is it is a ride and they aren't looking for anything subtle dialogue no, or, or nuanced characters or character right you know it's a very it is a very well direct i think it is a very well directed movie as far as a lot of the execution looks visually great. and stuff yeah it looks great i, I really liked the music um, i did really really like Hans Zimmer's score yeah, yeah. and um, so like i think I, this is going to sound a little mean and condescending oh, but good. i think there's a certain uh section of the movie fan population who have been buzzing about this movie for two years and it happened to come out in a summer that's sort of Lackluster. arid. Yeah, and I think they're just they're grasping onto it because it's the only thing that are, that's approaching adult quality in this in the cineplexes in in a in a megaplex at least. Uh, and because they don't want to have spent two years talking mm. about the follow up to a movie that's legitimately quite good, The Dark Knight. Yeah. And, and then have to be like, oh, I guess I was wrong. I you think- are so cynical, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my. Top three movies of the summer for you? Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the big summer movies. My my two favorite movies of 2010 so far are Toy Story 3 and Exit Through the Gift Shop. I didn't see Exit Through the Gift Shop. I did. But the, I would go uh, Toy Story 3 and the Joan Rivers documentary. It's my, number, it's my number two. Is great. Yeah. And then... Um, Man, it, it's hard because I know I know every movie I've seen, and then, but if they don't pop in your head, it's uh-huh. like, then that must not be a good one. But uh, I did like um, I did like uh, Solitary Man with Michael Douglas. Oh, oh I haven't no. seen. You know, it's, uh, it's frustrating. Doesn't I can't, break, I can't doesn't see break, any more superhero doesn't break movies. Any new ground? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's Michael Douglas playing the kind of character that we're. We were used to seeing him play in the late '80s, early '90s, but it, yeah. I, I liked it. You know what? I'm going to let the listeners discover the awesome joke I made. While what you did you say? <laughs> let them discover. They might not have, have heard go, it. I'm gonna have to get, I, we didn't hear it. I know. <laughs> uh, he said he liked Solitary Man, and I said I'm done with superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> well done, David. <laughs> you know good. what? Predators. Predators might be my number three of the summer. I did like Predators. I loved Predators. It was ridiculous. Was it just but me, I loved or it. did that movie not really have a lot of advertising budget? Because I don't. It kind of snuck up on me. If it hadn't been for the fact that I, I follow people who were at South by Southwest yeah, and saw yeah. it, I, like I, I went to, um, I knew it was supposed to come out this summer. And I went to IMDb and it was like opens August ninth or not August ninth, whatever it was. Yeah, it isn't even August ninth yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and then I was like, uh, well, did they push this movie back? Because I haven't seen a, a billboard or a trailer or anything. Mm-hmm. But then it came out on the. I feel like if you didn't live in Los Angeles and see posters of the Predator all over the place, right? You. Wouldn't know, no. But it did. It did pretty well financially. They're got, probably going to make another one. But I, I probably, yeah. So probably, <laughs> Toy Story three is my favorite. Then Joan Rivers, and then Predators. That is an interesting mix of <laughs> films. Yeah, and that's <laughs> how bad the summer is when Predators makes the top three. Top three. But it, that was really that was really a true sequel to to Predator. Yeah, very much. So. You know, for those mm-hmm. AVP movies. Suck. Yeah, and um, and well, Predators two. 
Yeah. They so, really um, tried to uh, downplay the existence of Predator 2 in Predators, which yes, is like, real. <laughs> it's like, that's, it's part of the... Oh, it's not... Okay, that's fine. <laughs> right. They just um, kind of jumped. Uh, speaking of jumped... I'm fine. Oh, were you about to say something? Wasn't there a... I didn't see either of the AVP movies, but wasn't there an attempt to draw that into the alien sort of mythology by making... Like Lance Henderson played... Was his name like either Wayland or Utani, And he was the founder of the company? They, uh... Lance Henriksen shows up in the first AVP, but they they did that with Predator too, where they show the Predator ship and they see an alien. You see an alien skull mounted, which is oh, that's cool. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's just kind of neat. Yeah, these guys are more badass but, than the alien. Yeah. But is it true that Lance Henriksen's character's name was either Wayland or Utani? That he was uh, supposed to be one of the founders of the company. He, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, maybe because okay. I know I, I haven't seen it. But that's just, okay. anyway. Let's. Uh, does Let anyone, say, can I say one more thing? Because sure. just we're talking aliens and predators. If I see the alien monster come in here, I shit my pants. Uh-huh. Yeah. If the predator comes in here, I go, well, that guy's going to kick my ass, but he still looks like a guy. He's a human. You know what I mean? He <laughs> looks like a guy. You know, he's standing on two legs, two arms, and he's got an ugly face. Yeah. So we can say alien monster, worse. Uh, I think it's worse because it's just so inherently animalistic. Yeah. You it's cannot reason terrifying. with it. No. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the most, I think the alien is the best monster in movie history. That's my... Hmm. There's another question poised. <laughs> We're making a lot of. You don't think Peter Boyle statements. and Young Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> They're neck Cooper and neck. duper. <laughs> um, okay. Anybody have any final thoughts on Inception? Uh, I wanted to talk about the ending uh, a little okay, bit. Okay, I guess we should talk about um, the So the thing is this. Okay. It's left fairly open ended. The totem is spinning but starting to wobble. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, then they, they black out. Smash just, cut to black. Yeah, perfect time so, to not let you have an answer. Yeah, <laughs> so here's my problem. First off, okay, I, I got a lot of problems with this thing. First off, let's say it's not a dream. He's been reunited with his kids, and he's happy. Mm-hmm. Let's say it is a dream. He's gotten to a point mentally where... Mal is no longer an issue, and he's allowing himself, at least in his dream, to be reunited with his kids, and he's happy. Right. So he's happy either way. Uh-huh. So why have the uncertainty? So that's the first thing. A friend of mine... Well, maybe I think you just answered your question. If he's happy either way, then it doesn't matter if it... I guess so, but I feel like that's... I don't know if that's the point of it. Right. That's what I brought to it. Okay. But if I he is... Let me act like I'm defending the movie for a second. If he is still in a dream... <laughs> He's moved on. He's only moved on superficially. He's happy, but he's not actually. His kids are going to continue to grow up in America. Uh, yeah, alone. He's not. Uh, he's not being a good a good father, or a good member of society. He's re- he's retreating. It's kind of like a uh, kind of like the end of Memento. If if it's I if it's all a dream, yeah, yeah. or it's actually. Uh, I don't know if I should even say. Never mind. I was going to say it's like the end of another Leonardo DiCaprio oh. movie. <laughs> but yes, I indeed. don't know if anyone, everyone has seen it. This boy's life. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, Gil- more, Gilbert Grape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that scene. Anyway, no, Woody um, Allen celebrity. <laughs> uh, three good examples. Episode over. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there is. I guess there is that that he's that he's retreating. But at the very least, it's some. It can be viewed as something of a victory for him that he's gotten over one thing, and and even, at the very least, mentally, he's allowing himself to see his children to experience a certain degree of joy in that, even in the memory of his children. 
Um, but because uh, well, one is one is him actually moving on, and one is him deciding or creating a place for himself where he never actually has to move on. Right? Is he creating a place for himself? If or it's is a it dream, just, uh, yeah. That ah. now we're back to the dream thing, Damn where it's it. just like. If they like the characters all have complete control over their dreams, like there's, I don't know that. So I guess yeah, this is something he's created for himself. Yeah, or uh, that's a, uh, the whole idea of like who creates the dreams, and they yeah. have this montage of Ellen Page building stuff, and then there's nothing. It's just a city. Like there's all this talk about it has to be a maze, so only you know the way out. We don't see that in the movie at all. But anyway, let's talk. Let's focus solely on the ending, so we can end this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was that, but then also, uh, my friend Sean mentioned something that like every time we've seen the totem before we've in a dream, we've never seen it wobble. Like they're adding the wobble so that you start to be like, Oh, well, hang on. But it's just like, uh, they kind of broke the law of, they broke the rule Mm -hmm. previously established that when he spins it in a dream, it will continue spinning without any wobbling it just stays it's it's as if it's just standing straight up so since it's starting to wobble then it's not a dream yeah that's yeah. like that's the implication but that's not what the filmmaker was trying to do and it also just doesn't make sense that if it's that important like wait a second don't walk away wait a second and watch right. it wobbles and also if it's in his dream yeah he spins it and then just walks away yeah yeah and uh I, if if it's in if it's in his dream, why would it continue to spin when he's not looking at it? It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That's wow! A- Whoa! You <laughs> just blew my mind. In the same way your nephew's was blown, I have no doubt. Right. Exactly. Um, but either way, um, uh, even though I can see thematically how it all being a dream would work, mm-hmm. because I don't care, I was still bothered that it isn't. Uh, I wanted there to be closure to the movie because I wanted to get something out of it. Right. Yeah. You know, I spent, I've spent two and a half hours. Just, just tell me. What, what do you give it scale of one to four? One. Four, one. Yeah. Really? Just one. Yeah. One for you as well. Me too. Oh my gosh. I, you can't give it a zero because that's not fair to give anything a zero. Right. Unless it's, you know, unless it's a, a Meet the Spartans toxic or Avenger or something. No. Even those have a nice sense of humor. So there's something, yeah, there's something in, there's almost something in, in yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but but yeah, it would be a one for me. Man, that adds that now. There's another question: Are there any movies that you guys would literally give zero stars to? I well, would you say, kind of brought up a good. Well, point I have walked out of movies, so I guess if I walked out okay. of a movie, I would give it. Leth- I walked out of Lethal Weapon four. Okay. I walked out of. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I walked out of um, Vegas. But that Vegas. doesn't give you any cred walking out of Lethal Weapon Four no. because you, you still, still walked, walked into. into it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's funny. The movies I walked out on, yeah, aren't you know, Vegas Vacation. <laughs> I saw the movie twice, but I was young. But Na- no, you Na- make a good Na- point. National Lampoon um, took their name off that. That's how bad <laughs> yeah. that. The, what's it? Seltzer Friedberg is that the their yeah, name? Yeah, I walked out of the cell with um, Jennifer Lopez. I like the cell. You and Jennifer Speaking Lopez of, walked out together. Yep, we were, we wanted to get it on. She's <laughs> like, I've had enough of this. Let's, but those dreams, movies, I think that actually that movie does dreams fairly well. You know what? My wife was pregnant. There was a lot of um, oh, right. there was a lot of uh, children in peril. Oh, okay. Her her, her her um, hormones weren't yeah. ju- weren't letting her. I uh, gotcha. Have that. I gotcha. But um, yeah, these these like. Uh, what are they called? Like date movie and epic meet movie, the, epic meet movie. The Those I might give zero because they're not even really movies. No, right? And they're it's 
Because I, I understand that humor itself is subjective, so there might be somebody who finds, like, grown-ups, or I'm, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, like, may find those funny, and so it's just like, okay, right. fair enough, go right ahead. But, like, those, the humor doesn't even, it's not even an attempt at humor. It's, it's not jokes. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> look, we're aware of this. Is that enough to make you laugh? <laughs> I know. You know, and so uh, I would say those are definitely zero stars. Aside from that, I can't really think of anything that I would give zero stars to. Anybody else got any final thoughts on Inception? Uh, although I give it a one, I do not say don't go see it because that's not fair. So um, yeah, It's a part of the zeitgeist. It's and part of, the and part of me, you know, there's a small part of me that's like, do you feel this way, David? A little bit of you says, should I see it again? Yeah. Should I? Did, did I? Was I've had I that thought. Just not. But then. But nothing. Hours. But I'm. But I can't make myself do it. Yeah. I, I exactly. Within hours of seeing it, I was like, maybe I should see it again. But then every time I think of that fucking van falling off the bridge, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sitting through it again. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, and it's like it's well, too maybe long. Should I rent? When it comes out, should I rent it? Would yeah. it be? But see, I, I don't know. I think I would be like if I again. I like it. I I enjoyed it. There are a lot of things that bothered me immensely, but um. If I was going to see it again, if I didn't like it, it would have to be theatrical. I mean, it's a lot like oh, yeah. it's like Avatar, where I'm I'm fascinated by the fact that people purchased it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like that is that is the definition of a theatrical experience. I didn't like Avatar, and I still recommended people see it in the theater if they could in, in 3D. 3D. Yes, that's how um, I saw it, and I and I and I enjoyed that aspect of it, but very, I did yeah. not enjoy yeah a, a, much else about it. You take away those. And you're left listening to the dialogue. Yeah. And uh, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, Sigourney Weaver was so bad in Avatar. She wasn't given much to work with. She was It's just like your was... character smokes. That's as much depth as you're allowed. I know. It was really... Uh, I like Sigourney Weaver. Me too. Me too. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's a movie that I would... I mean, I would definitely recommend people see it in the theater. And I, again, I assume that everyone listening to this has probably seen it. Especially at this point in the yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Right and uh, and and uh, and please feel free to email me or Facebook me or, or, or your thoughts in the movie because I would love to hear because maybe you'll open my eyes to uh-huh. it. I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to just walk away. If you, you maybe you can give me something I can go. Oh okay, yeah. I mean there's enough there's enough really smart people whose opinions I respect. Yeah, me that too. Really love it. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, Rudy from Criterion Cast. Thought it was amazing. Thought it was uh, Nolan's masterpiece. Yeah, you know, and so he's listen, a smart guy. Everybody should listen to. Well, he's wrong. The, to Criterion <laughs> Cast. <laughs> it's not never not funny. You don't have to bring that vibe yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, okay. Well, I guess um, Pat. We'll see you in two years when Batman Three comes out. Absolutely. <laughs> and how is he ever going to follow up Dark Knight? Yeah. It almost seems like I'm going to go into Batman, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go into that movie knowing. That it it can't possibly be as good as Dark Knight, and that way I'll either be satisfied or surprised. But I don't yeah. think I'll be disappointed if I go in with that expectation. And as a fan of the Riddler, which it hasn't even really been officially they haven't even announced. announced. No, it could be it could be it Catwoman. Could, it could be anyone. Yeah, yeah. it could be uh, Clayface, could be Egg, Egghead, Egghead. Could be oh, Martha Martha Queen of Diamonds. Man, wouldn't it be amazing? Killer if Croc. Brought- Killer Croc, King Tut. King Tut. They just um. bring all the ones that were made up for the series in. False Face is who they have in the series. <laughs> Malachi Throne is False Face. <laughs> um, but, uh, that, yeah, but if, if it is Riddler, which everyone seems to think it will be, um, that, that realization is kind of frustrating me. It's just like, 
it can't be as good as, kind of, the, Dark as the Dark Knight or yeah. Batman Begins. It just can't be. That bums me out. But it you know what? It could be as good as Batman Begins. What was that? It could be as good as... It could I be like a better, Batman Begins more than Dark Knight. I should say, me. it could be a better action film than Batman Begins. Fair enough. Yes. I mean, I guess if they just almost treat it as if it were a James Bond movie and be like, okay, we're not going to reveal anything more about Batman. <laughs> it's just going to be... No, awesome. that would bother me too. Because yeah, yeah. What if they put me on ice? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that movie's a zero. Yeah. That's a zero. That's, that is uh, a zero. Batman and Robin is a complete zero. It's there are only two movies that I've ever like put in. In one case it was v- in that case it was VHS, another it was DVD. Put it in, watched some of it, and just bailed. I like to commit to a movie, but that one and the first Transformers movie, I just couldn't couldn't yeah. finish them. And I think even with Batman and Robin, you didn't you didn't put the film in uh, of your own volition. I was watching it. No, I would, this, was years, was? this was before I even knew you. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because I was watching it because I was writing that paper right, on Batman movies. So, um, Man, Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah it's well, astounding. I, I wish they would do the Bane story, the real Bane story for the yeah. next Batman movie. A lot of people are, are, are bothered by even as, as much as I liked the character of Two-Face in The Dark Knight, a lot of people are gypped that he didn't get his own movie because he certainly warrants his own Are we movie. sure he's dead? I oh. think so. Everyone's, everyone's yeah. or, is he, or, or is he like the the spinning? Um, I keep forgetting the word. What totem? The totem. Is yeah. he the spinning totem? That's a good question. <laughs> Guess we'll find out yeah. in two years when you return. Wouldn't it be great if Christopher Nolan just said, uh, "I can't talk the Dark Knight. I'm going completely just the Joel, like crazy Joel Schumacher direction, <laughs> or like like totally like uh, Judd Apatow's producing and Jonah Hill's playing Robin." Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually also surprised that Nolan is even going to do a third one I, it, with Keith. Keith Keith, who's Keith? Keith Heath Ledger passing, mm-hmm. and the overall critical and commercial success of The Dark Knight. I wouldn't blame him if he would have just said, "I'm not doing another one." No, yeah, I but can't. I, was, I mean, he left it open in, in a way that he's telling he's telling a story that needs to be concluded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's probably why he's making a third one. Yeah, with Batman on the run, and I, I feel Is that like what the next one's called Batman on the Run. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be called The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Isn't that the name of Frank Miller's thing, though? Yeah, like, it is. Does, is he pissed off about just using his... I, he was called The Dark Knight before his yeah, his so. uh, books, but... Uh, so oh that's well. when I knew Christopher Nolan really had some power, where Warner Brothers didn't say, well, we have to call it Batman 2, The Dark Knight, or we have to put Batman yeah. in the title, where he's like, that's true. no, we're not putting Batman in the title. People yeah. know what the F it is. Yeah, yeah. So. It reminds me of... Uh, it, it, it seems like a similar decision to the opening sequence of Batman the animated series where it never says Batman. Why do you need you don't need to. You don't need it. You know. <laughs> we all get it. If you don't know what it is, turn the channel. Oh, <laughs> this brings me to one more thing and I know Watch we're going it. really long. That's fine. I uh, my my DVD pick, DVD pick of the week. If you're a Batman fan, you have to buy or rent the new direct to DVD release Batman Under the Red Hood. Okay, I I saw that. There was a panel on it at no, there Comic-Con. were there were screenings of it. Is that what it was? Sa- Saturday, oh, I want to say shoot. Saturday night at Comic Con, they they did two back to back screenings. It really, I've never, I've never like, uh, you know, when you watch a movie and you and you're, you cringe in in pain for something. There's mm-hmm. there's some scenes in this where I I thought, wow, for an animated movie, I was like, man, they're really, yeah, they uh, vi- violent and just wow, wow. Yeah, the Nolan series, uh, the original animated series to a certain extent, but certainly the Nolan series has like given has made people more okay with a disturbing Gotham City. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, have you have you 
played or have have you seen the video game Arkham Asylum? I've seen it. It's great it's brutal, and yeah. like horrifying and stressful. Yeah. yeah, like that's why I don't play video games anymore. I've got my Super Nintendo, and that's where I stopped because <laughs> it's just so stressful. It's like you could, they could literally cause nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> but this this um this Batman animated movie was I, I like all the DC animated direct to DVD stuff. I like them mm-hmm. all. I think the Marvel ones are crap, but mm. this one's really th- at the top for me. Really good. I'm sorry. What is it? Under the Red Under Hood? the Red Hood. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll have to give it a little just look. came out last week. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us again. Thanks. Absolutely. Uh, I think this was a good discussion of Inception. I don't think I was. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was too mean. Yeah, I don't think anybody was incredibly. I don't think insulting. we were We just we didn't come out and say oh, it sucked, terrible, yeah, oh, yeah. We're stupid. You didn't say you're stupid for liking it, which is what I wanted to avoid, and I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, I mean, because I don't feel that way. Well, that's the thing, David. You and I have talked about when people have said, "Why don't you and David argue more?" And it's just mm-hmm. like. Because David gives his reasons for why he thinks something, and I do as well. And you both why accept would, your, yeah. Yeah, each other's opinions. Yeah. yeah. Why would you argue with someone who's giving you logical reasons for things? Mm-hmm. If someone just dismissed something outright and said, like, bah, 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 I just didn't like it. <laughs> it's just like, okay, we can have an argument now. <laughs> yeah. So that's why well, I had to quit Blockbuster. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, you can find us at BattleshipRetention.com or uh, search on iTunes for Battleship Retention. You can email us, David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash ThePretension or you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Twitter.com slash MoreLessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at MoreThanOneLesson.com or on iTunes under More Than One Lesson. And you can find my other podcast, the television review podcast, Previously On, by searching iTunes for Previously On. Pat, where can people find you on I- I'm at Pat underscore Francis on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can also go to my website, uh, consistentjackass.com. And uh, Never Not Funny Live will be at the Bumbershoot Festival in Seattle uh, the weekend of September 4th, 5th, and 6th. I think our show's on the 5th. Right. You can check the Bumbershoot website for that. Yeah. you've on, on Consistent Jackass, there's a lot of very funny videos. Mm-hmm. If you are, which I think if you're an actor in Hollywood... Go to Consistent Jackass and watch what you will have to do as an actor. Your Bo Dazzler thing is so just the dead, the dead look in your eyes as you talk about you getting to make the big bows. Like in my head, I was just like rent. <laughs> but it's very funny. So um, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, you know what? It's a supplement. I'll let you take us out. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.